This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons, OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend OneSkin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use OneSkin Prep to wash my face. Then I apply their OS1 Eye topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 Face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 Shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. Imagine having a bra that you actually want to wear. And maybe this seems inconceivable if you don't already own a bra by today's sponsor, Honey Love, which has transformed the bra game. With Honey Love, say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love is so comfortable, you may even forget that you're wearing it. Now is the time to spring clean your bra drawer. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash birthful. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash birthful. Now, currently, I have been very partial to my Honey Love Silhouette bra. It is super soft and it has these really lovely 3D printed velvet details that actually add support. And I can even crisscross the straps in the back. Also, like all of Honey Love's bras, it features supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. I can tell you I'm never in a rush to take it off. Plus, Honey Love also has incredibly comfortable shapewear, matching underwear, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com birthful. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off at honeylove.com birthful. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them Birthful sent you. Treat yourself to honey love. 
Hello, hello, mighty parent or parent-to-be. Welcome to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we have a birth story as part of our Birth Beyond the Clinical Experience series. Now, this story comes with a special twist because both Celeste and Claudio Bancos, who are my guests today, are here to share their experience together. And, well, actually, it's really Celeste and Claudio and Luke because their baby does chime in here and there with his point of view as well. Now, along with having a healthy outcome for both her and her baby, some of Celeste's other birth goals were to avoid getting an epidural and to not whine. And those are her words, not mine. Listening to the story, I really appreciated how much of what they share fits perfectly with what Rhea Dumpsey was talking about in our episode on the purpose of childbirth pain, including her description of having a crisis of confidence. I mean, that fits almost to a T. This was a really fun conversation, not least because Claudio has a very interesting sense of humor. And of course, it was also great to hear the point of view of the partner, which is one we don't often get to hear, as well as Celeste's description of how he was such a strong support for her in his own quirky way. You'll see what I mean. I also loved Celeste's realization of all the hormonal changes that she was having while she was having them and how that sort of became a positive feedback loop for her that was helping her through the labor. Yeah, that was some wonderful meta-laborland stuff. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Celeste and Claudio, welcome. I am so happy that you're here today. Thanks, we're excited too. Thank you for having us. So let's go to the to the beginning of when you were pregnant. What were your ideas for the birth experience? How did you want this birth to go? And what did you do to prepare for that? Mm-hmm. Well, I did a lot of listening to the Birthful podcast. Yay! <laughs> um, I don't remember how I got connected to it, but it really became my go-to resource. And I pretty much listened through all the archives because I... This is my son, Luke, by the way. He's joining us. <laughs> Hi, Luke. Um, uh, yeah, like my job let me do a lot of podcast listening. So it was really helpful to be able to listen to all the different guests and just kind of absorb all this information. Because um, really, my idea about natural birth before I did any research was remembering my mom telling about how she didn't have an epidural for my one brother and she regretted it. Um, and so going in, I knew like, okay, some people don't have an epidural, but why is that? Like, I don't know. Do I want one? Do I not? Like that was kind of my main question. Um, so then the more I learned about natural birth, the more interested I was like just realizing like all the hormones that go into it and, uh, just how it can be like, I got more and more convinced that this is something that I want. And so aside from listening to the podcast, what did you do anything? You kind of honed in on those birth choices. Did you do anything else to prepare ahead of time? Uh, we took a childbirth class from the hospital, which was nice. It wasn't super helpful. Um, I did probably other internet research as different questions came up. You, you had me listen to the audio from the... Support person. Yeah, the, the labor ah. support 
<laughs> right, the labor yeah. support kit. How did you like that? I wasn't so sure about it at first, but when I actually experienced it, different parts of it were very helpful. So that was that was positive. That was good. I, good. So that's the thing about birth, that it's hard to explain what it is and what you'll need until you're in it. Right, definitely. What were your wishes for the birth experience? What were you looking for? I don't know that I had anything specific just to make it through with a healthy baby and a healthy Celeste. I supported you in not doing the epidural, but I let that be your choice entirely. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I didn't have many preferences other than that. Yeah. The thing Claudio did suggest to me when I was talking about this was he said like uh, that I could have my goal to be no whining. And so I, I decided like, oh, yeah, that would be really helpful, not just for him, but also for me in terms of having a good attitude. So. So along with no epidural, my main goal was no complaining. <laughs> See, I forgot that I even suggested this. I thought that was your idea. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> Very good. So then, come the day of, how did you know you were in labor? Well, uh, I went to bed, and then maybe half an hour later, I felt a gush of fluid. And so I rushed to the bathroom, and then I tried to figure out, okay, was this my mucus plug? Was it my water breaking? Did I just pee my pants? Could that, cause that had happened a couple weeks ago. Um, so I called the doctor and they basically said, uh, pay attention to what's going on. Call us in the morning unless something big happens. And so I went back to bed. Um, but contractions were starting pretty mild. Um, but I definitely knew something was up. So then that next morning we went into the doctor and it turned out like I, my water hadn't broken. So it was just the mucus plug. And she basically said it could be any time, like, it could be that day, it could be up to a week. Like, there's really no no way to tell at this point how long it's going to be. So then we went home. <laughs> okay. And you were still having contractions? Yeah. So Malcolm contractions, um, I wasn't timing them just because they were not very frequent. Um, but yeah, I was feeling pretty good. Claudio talked me out of running errands because <laughs> I wanted to rush around and get everything ready. Uh, but he said, no, just take it easy. Let's just go straight home from the doctor. It was a nice, relaxing day. Yeah. So what were you seeing in her that made it so dirty? Like, what was she doing that you were like, oh, no, let's not do errands? Um, nothing really. It was still very mild at that point. But I just thought the more rested she is for when the actual pain hits, the better. Indeed, um, yeah. So I just wanted her to be as rested as we could. Good. So then you spend the day doing, you know, pampering and just not doing much of anything and just relaxing. Yeah. And then, like, that carried you through the whole day? Pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. And then we went to sleep with with the hope that we can just wake up in the morning and really get things started. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Then half an hour later. Uh, so half an hour later was when my water broke. And immediately my contractions like kicked up a notch. So um, I definitely couldn't sleep at that point. I woke Claudio up, uh, spent a lot of time in the bathroom. Um, Claudio was surprised by how I was on the toilet so much. Yeah, yeah, that one was weird to me. I just I wasn't prepared. I wasn't expecting the toilet. Mm. I was prepared for a lot of other things, but but not for the toilet. And so I just found it 
strange, and I didn't know how to respond or how to care for you well in that one. And was it just because it felt good to labor in that position? Yeah, like partly that, partly I was peeing a lot and pooping a lot. Um, so like I kind of needed to be on the toilet. But yeah, like it also just helped me relax. Um, so yeah, it was good. I had forgotten about the option to sit backwards on the toilet. Um, like that didn't cross my mind at all, but I wish I had remembered that because I think that would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. Did you have like pillows or anything that you could lean back on? Um, I don't think I used pillows. I did have a Swiss ball, so that was helpful at home, just leaning forward onto it, bouncing and rolling a little yeah. bit. That was much more familiar territory for me. Yeah. Because okay. we practiced it in the birthing class, <laughs> and I read about it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tried taking a shower, but that wasn't really super helpful. Um, we pretty much just went to the hospital. Yeah. Pretty like, soon. Like, it was only an hour or two before we decided to go to the hospital. Um. So I remember I was nervous about the car ride because it was already, I was already pretty uncomfortable during the contractions. And so I was nervous, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to be in too many positions in the car. And it was a pretty quick car ride. Yeah. The hospital wasn't far, so. Yeah. And we'd already had our practice visit. <laughs> they, we um, like, because we had a pre-nurse, like a, a nurse check-in a few weeks before I was due to do all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And we got lost on the way to the hospital. So we said, oh, this is why they do it, so that we know where we're going. <laughs> okay. The actual day comes. <laughs> That's great. So this time so, yeah. you didn't get lost. You got there. We didn't get lost. We got there. We went in. Um, the nurse came down to take us up to the to the labor and delivery unit. We packed very heavy. <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, "We, I can tell you guys are first timers because you have so much luggage. <laughs> I always pack heavy for everything. I never regret packing too much. Any things that stand out from what you packed that was really super helpful? Uh, let's see. We packed battery-powered Christmas lights, which were just fun. because um, we just It was the middle them, of December. Draped them around the room. Um, all the nurses loved them. <laughs> what else did we bring? Well, I'll get to this in a little bit, but Claudia brought a book that he read to me, and it was really nice. Mm. But yeah, so we got to the hospital. Checking in was pretty easy because of the practice visit. Um, and they went to triage. And they checked my cervix, and I was at three centimeters. So I was pretty good. It was, I guess, because that morning I'd been at two centimeters. So it was encouraging to have some progress. And then pretty soon they moved me to the labor room. And um, oh, at that point, I had the mindset going in um, from reading your toolkit to ask the nurses for things. So I asked them right away for a Swiss ball and extra pillows and container so I could throw up into it. Um, and I don't, I don't think I would have been so quick to make those requests if I hadn't read the toolkit that talks about that. So mm. that was neat. <laughs> cool. Good. Yeah. 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 I was still, I was drinking a lot of water, peeing a lot, pooping a lot, throwing up. I didn't realize I was going to throw up so much. I think that was a big surprise you threw up a lot. for me. But yeah, so, okay, so this book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with James Harriet. Um, he was a country vet in Yorkshire in the 1930s and 40s and 50s, and he wrote memoirs. And so they're just wonderful stories about animals and interesting people. Uh, but he does a lot of helping animals who are having difficult births. Ah, so, what's his name again? James Harriet. 
Okay. So this book is called All Creatures Great and Small, and I brought it along thinking, oh, this will be so much fun to read while I'm in labor to distract me. And it was wonderful. So glad you read it aloud to me. And it was all this gross, like, dirty, it, painful misery. He was reaching inside the cow to deliver the calf that was, like, yeah. turned around with its neck. Oh, and it was very graphic. And <laughs> Celeste loved it. It calmed her down. It made her happy. I read her the whole chapter. It was great. She loved it. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So after that, Claudio got really sleepy. So he he napped. Um, Maybe two or three hours. Yeah, two or three hours. So overnight. talk about some of the other pain stuff, Celeste. Like the low moans and other things you did for the pain. Um, I don't know. I feel like you have more to say about that. All right. One of the most helpful things that I found was encouraging Celeste to do low moans instead of the high screeches. That helped me a lot. I think it also helped her uh, be more calm and breathe and not whine, which was her goal. And did it help you overall, Celeste? Yeah, it was definitely good. One thing that I wish we'd done to prepare ahead of time was practice different like comfort positions. Because it's one thing to read about them, but like in the moment, we didn't go digging up the resources that we brought along. And we didn't have any muscle memory from anything that we'd tried. So next time, I definitely would want to try to just practice ahead of time, act mm -hmm. it out. The the birth class tried to have us do this yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. And I'm really gl glad that you're bringing that up because sometimes it can feel almost kind of silly, like mm -hmm. practicing when you're not in labor. Like, yeah, yeah what's the point? I'll sit in this wall and go, oh, and you rub my back. Right? Right. <laughs> so... You were, Claudio's taking a nap. You were laboring. It was very dark, very quiet. I was alone for most of the time. Every so often the nurse would come in and hook me up to the fetal monitors and then leave me alone for 15 minutes and come back and unhook me. Um, He's telling us his story too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a super strong sense of time passing. It was just kind of the rhythm of the contractions and... Um, at some points I was even kind of dozing off in between them because I was so exhausted from not really having slept the night before. But I think that was probably the hardest time for me because I was starting to feel like it was getting tougher and I was alone. And so I was starting to feel a sense of despair, like, oh, can I really do this? I remember thinking, like, I don't want to do this again. This is awful. Oh. Um, I had some fear of, oh, like when they come in and check my cervix again, what if there's no change? And then I'm just going to feel like... It's going to take forever. Like, I started having some of those doubts, I guess. When I woke up, you were in the hot tub. Yeah. So, I guess it, it got it started to become morning, and uh, I guess the doctor came in and checked my cervix, and I was at six centimeters, which was encouraging. Yeah. Um, and I decided, okay, I think I'm ready for the hot tub, because I had remembered uh, the suggestion to leave that for towards the end with, when it can really... Uh, yeah, that was really helpful. When it can really help with the harder contractions. And so, um, mm. so yeah, I went, I went into the jacuzzi and it felt so good. <laughs> um, it just, it was interesting. Like when I was pregnant, I remember reading about the, using the bathtub and thinking like, oh, that's nice. But then at one point I had a dream where I went in the tub and just felt the water and I woke up and I realized, oh yeah, I really like swimming and being in the water. Like, I'm really excited for this. 
Oh, cool. Um, so I went in excited about it, and it was really nice. Um, so yeah, after maybe 45 minutes in the hot tub, I started to feel a little dizzy and sick, so I had the nurse call for Claudio, and when he came, I decided I was done. So so I got out and went back to the labor room. And oh, so hold on, the in in the hospital where you were, the the jacuzzi tub is in a different room. Yeah, it was a little room like down the hallway. There was just one for the whole hallway, I guess. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a hundred times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O. Dot com, so airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code BIRTHFUL. Hey, Mighty One, as you approach the journey into birth and parenthood, now is the perfect time to make your home a serene and nurturing haven with the help of Home Threads. At Home Threads, you'll discover furniture designed for comfort and functionality, from cozy nursing chairs to versatile baby-friendly storage, as well as a super wide array of options to spruce up any room in your house. Home Threads can help make your home the perfect nest for your growing family and at a great value. I so appreciate that wide range of styles that you can find at Home Threads. For example, I was ecstatic when I found a pair of truly stunning mid-century curved walnut dining chairs that somehow perfectly match my home office chair. I mean, what are the chances? These chairs are not only gorgeous in their light green upholstery, but also super sturdy and just so comfortable. I simply adore them. Explore the amazing finds Home Threads has waiting for you. Go to homethreads.com slash birthful and get a code for 15% off your first order. Do make sure to go to our unique URL of homethreads.com slash birthful to get your discount. Home Threads, love where you live. So the, we've we've got several hospitals here in Rochester. There's one that has that kind of setup. Like one room is an enormous jacuzzi tub, really great. 
and then all the other one are lumbering mm-hmm. rooms. But I find that that tub, I'm glad to hear you say that it was helpful and you use that because I find that here, yeah. very few people go into that tub just because it's in a different room. And then if you get mm-hmm. off, you got to walk back to your room. So, mm. yeah, I'm glad it helped you. Yeah, it was really nice. But yeah, I, didn't, I think if I hadn't gone in with a high value for it, I probably wouldn't have thought of it. I don't remember. I don't remember if anybody suggested it or if I was the one to make the request. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, it was really good. <laughs> so then we got back to the room and contractions were getting even stronger. But I had Claudia there, so it was much easier just with him encouraging me and reminding me to use low breathing and low moans. And then there was a certain point where I suddenly realized, like, if I put more power into the noises I was making, I felt better. And I suddenly got this sense of control uh, where I was like able to, I don't know how to describe it, but just like, I kind of got angry at the contractions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you She simultaneously got much louder and much happier. <laughs> it was an interesting experience. Yeah. Cause on the one hand she was loud and in pain, but on the other hand, she was smiling and happier than before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. And that was something I wasn't completely expecting. Um, and pretty soon after that, the contractions stopped and I knew, oh, I'm in transition. And then, like, I just had so much excitement and anticipation and energy. Like, I was giggling. Adrenaline rush. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool to be able to identify, like, oh, this is the adrenaline kicking in. Because um, I, it had been so helpful for me learning about all the different hormones that have a role in birth. Because um, I really didn't know about that until I did that research and learned about it. Um, so that was really neat, having that perspective, um, being able to mm-hmm. to identify, like, this is what's happening. And I love how you were, like, along the way, just reflecting on what you were experiencing and going, like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then at that point, I was really excited. I was like, okay, let's get this baby out of here. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start pushing. Um and then I think, so I think I was at like eight or nine centimeters at that point. Um, and the doctor was saying like, I wasn't completely dilated. So she didn't want me to push yet in case like my cervix got swollen or something. Um, so, but I, I really wanted to. And so then she said, well, I can try kind of pushing it back and see if I can like push it out of the way. So I said, okay, let's try that. And so um, she did that and I guess it worked. So then I was cleared to push, and but then I realized I didn't really know what I was doing <laughs> in terms of pushing. Um, so, like, the, the nurses were there. The nurses were fairly unhelpful, though. <laughs> the nurses were there, like, telling me, okay, you have to push for 10 seconds and hold it for the whole 10 seconds. And, and they would count. And they would count, and I couldn't hold it for that long. Like, they also I, kept on saying bear down over and over again. Um. <laughs> And, like, I realized I was pushing with all of my muscles instead of only the ones that I actually needed for pushing. (laughs) So I was wearing myself out that way. Um, And then, like, one of the unhelpful things the nurse said was, like, she gave me this impression that if I didn't push properly, the baby would get stuck in my pelvis and, like, would stay there for a long time and not come through unless I pushed long enough in one push, which I don't think is probably true. But anyway, um, 
So I had this sense of anxiety, like, oh, no, I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. Like, it's going to take forever. Do I have enough energy? Like, I'm losing stamina here. Um, so that, I feel like, was more stressful than it had to be. And next time, I definitely want to, if there is a nurse like that, ask her not to be so overbearing and well, just give me some. No, we should we should make that clear in our in our pre-meeting with the hospital nurse. Yeah. Just tell her we don't want anyone to, like, rush you yeah. or push or count i mean count with your pushes yeah unless there's like an actual medical reason for urgency yeah otherwise let's just not do the rushing thing listening to you guys describe this whole pushing it and how things went yeah. an episode i have wapio specifically on rethinking the pushing stage and it fits so good fits perfectly with all you're saying yeah i think having like like, I really hadn't done a lot of research into the pushing stage. I kind of just assumed, oh, my body will know what it's doing. But I hadn't really heard many stories about other women's experiences and so on. So I think if I had been more informed going in, mm. I would have had more confidence and not been kind of distracted by the nurses. So I just remembered the other part about pushing. Um, so I wanted to push on my hands and knees, like facing the back of the bed, holding on to the head of the bed that was tilted up. Because we had seen a video in our childbirth class where the mom did that, and it looked really cool. I thought it looked like a cool way to push, too. And that was kind of the most comfortable position for me throughout my labor. Um, but the problem we had was the belly band for the fetal monitor was too loose on me. And so it was sagging, and the monitors would fall away from my belly and stop picking up any signals. And so the nurses, like, we tried to, we tried to troubleshoot it, but finally they just said, like, just do it on your back. And so they, they had a reason. I forget what their reason was that they wanted more monitoring for a specific reason. Well, I think, yeah, I think maybe they'd monitor, like, they, something was concerning about what they had monitored at some right. point. I forget the details of that, though. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so looking back on that, like, I really wish I had, somebody had thought of more solutions. Like, what if we taped it on or what if we like improvise with a tank top or something like might tighten it up like some better yeah right we could have figured out a way that i could still push comfortably on my stomach like hands and knees um while still having the monitoring but um but we ended up just i was on my back and uh which was okay so i was lying down um just i guess the standard you were a little tilted but yeah. you're pretty much on your back yeah so yeah i was pushing and gradually the baby was coming down. Um, and it was so cool for me to watch. Yeah, so at this point... I Claudia, thought I would be grossed out by it, <laughs> but it was actually really awesome. <laughs> at this point, Claudia, who's very much an extrovert, was narrating, which was really fun. Like, I just I felt so much fondness for him because he was really excited and just kind of telling me what was happening because I couldn't see completely. Um, they brought you a mirror at yeah, one point. Yeah, they did bring a mirror so I could see the baby's head starting to poke out. Um, although I feel like that was more distracting than it was helpful because it was it was one more external data input distracting me from what my body was feeling because I like I could feel the urge to push, um, but I was also getting distracted by all these other like constraints and requirements and people saying things and like I want to push as efficiently as I can so let me think this through <laughs> like <laughs> I was too much in my head not enough paying attention to what was really going on in my body. Um, gotcha. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then Luke was born. And, and it looked so cool to see his head kind of start to come <laughs> out. 
it was just, I don't know. I was really expecting to be grossed out, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just so cool to have my baby on my stomach, and he was there, and he was amazing. And, um, yeah, I just I just got to look at him. I was a little bit annoyed because Sadio stopped looking at him and started texting people. I and was I was just exhausted. Yeah. I just needed to sit down and take a break. Right. For just a <laughs> and few you minutes. got like a three hour nap in the middle of it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and I knew it was worse for Celeste because yeah. she'd actually, you know, had the baby, but I just I just wanted to sit down and chill. Yeah. And I was like I was thinking like, look at this amazing baby. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You know what though? He was an awesome looking newborn. <laughs> he was not like the videos they showed us of Aww. newborns. He was really good looking for a baby that had just come out and hadn't even had a bath yet. He wasn't all purple and wrinkly. He was not purple and wrinkly. <laughs> he was not looking. He was huge and he looked great. Yeah. How big was he? He was nine pounds exactly, I think. Yeah, nine pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed some stitches because I had torn a little bit. And so that was kind of tough. Like, I mean, I don't even remember the placenta coming out. I was just looking at Luke. It, it, yeah, I remember the cord was so long, though. Hmm. They just kept pulling and pulling. <laughs> it was just more and more cord. I was surprised by just how really long it was. Aww. Because it was just it kept going. Yeah. Also, there was a lot of blood, mm-hmm. which I feel like I should have expected. But I was surprised by how much blood there was. Okay. That was another thing that I didn't really notice because I was just looking at my baby. Yeah. A, a couple of dads have told me that also. Like, that was a lot. I wasn't expecting that much, like, blood. That yeah. Was, yes. So while they were stitching me up, it was tough because it hurt. And I wanted to be feeding Luke. Like, he was definitely rooting around trying to nurse. Um but I didn't have room for his legs because they were stitching. So like I couldn't slide him all the way down as much as I wanted. And I forgot about kind of rotating him so that his legs are off to the side. Then I was just kind of holding him there. Well, you also wanted to let him find you. And then I put him in position. <laughs> Talk about that part. Yeah. Well, cause oh, I've been reading all these things about all oh, the babies have these instincts and they can do it. And so it's like, I want to let him do it. And, but this was already like an hour or so after he was, maybe not that long. Well, no, maybe, maybe it was. at least half an hour, but, but not yeah, much longer so, than that. So I think he was getting tired and starting to struggle more. So finally, Claddy just said, like, here, can I help him out? And so he kind of helped guide him a little bit better. So then he finally latched on. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. And once he was in position, he latched right away? Like, I forget exactly what what had to happen. Like, he was he was already mostly in position, I think Claudia just guided his head a little bit. I helped him. Then he latched on pretty quickly. Yeah, he latched on pretty quickly and nursed. And then I think everybody fell asleep. (laughs) Um, Pretty much. And I I don't know. I slept for three, six hours. I don't remember. Um, Luke slept for six hours that day's like strange. Yeah, Luke. What? For a long time. Which I was surprised by. I was like, huh, he's been asleep a long time. Is he okay? Yeah. Does he need to eat? He was all right, it turned out. But. He woke up once and I tried feeding him again, but he just fell asleep again. So then at one point, like we said, is this okay? And the nurse said, well, you should probably like try to wake him up and, and nurse him again. So I remember at one point I got up to try to go to the bathroom, but I got really dizzy. So, um, so they hooked me up to an IV, um, which, oh, that reminds me. 
So when I got to the hospital, they said, oh, can we put the IV in so that it's ready just in case? And I said, yeah, that's fine. So I had this needle in my hand. But then when I was in labor trying to get comfortable, and especially when I was tired, just kind of laying down trying to rest, um, like for me, the most comfortable position is putting my hands under my pillow, under my head. Um, so it just like it was always this annoying pain in my hand from this needle. And then by the time that they needed it for, I guess... IV Pitocin when you were bleeding after Luke came out. So by the time they needed it, it had slipped off, so they had to redo it on my other hand. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. And so then... You might as well have not had it the first time. Right, so I might as well not have had it. And so then they kept it in on the other hand after the Pitocin, but then when they wanted to give me fluids after I fainted, they had to redo it again, so... So you got it three times. So I had it done three times and I had to put up with all the annoying pain of it being there and it didn't even do me any good. So next time I might, I might say. Just have them put in each time. Right. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Yeah, but we'll anyway. <laughs> now, Claudio, let me ask you what, uh-huh. having, going into it with no expectations, what was the whole experience like for you? Mostly, I really wish it wasn't overnight. because we were both really tired i wish it had started in the morning or early afternoon instead Mm. um but we don't have any control over that so yeah it's tough yeah otherwise i don't know it was pretty good i guess yeah you did a great job celeste of not complaining i know i was so excited Um, that i met both of my goals (laughs) Because there were times when I was tempted to just like, oh, whine and and complain. But but I remembered like, no, I don't want to do that. So and I think that really helped me to keep my spirits up and, yeah, be focused on I can do this. And we had a healthy, good looking baby. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. (laughs) Yeah. It was tough to see Celeste in so much pain Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. I think I was expecting that. Um, and I'm glad I was able to encourage her. Mm-hmm. I think I was surprised by just how much you were encouraged by me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just kind of trying things. <laughs> I, I'm glad they were helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to do it again. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it seems like you really enjoyed, like, watching him be born. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. To me, it's super cool, but. It was neat. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah. So then for you, Celeste, what was the most challenging and how was it different from what you expected? Hmm. Well, I think the hardest part was that that part when I was just alone in the middle of the night. um, Just, yeah, being on my own and starting to have some doubts. Um, But I definitely like I was afraid that it would be really hard for me to like hold stick to my decision not to have an epidural. But really, like, I never questioned that, which was cool. So, yeah, it was neat to see, like, even when it was hard, I still I still had a sense that I could do it. And then when it got even more difficult, Claudia was there for me again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully next time it'll be during the day and then you guys yeah. will be together the whole time. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Or you, or you take naps. lots of naps the day before, yeah. knowing that you know, it might. I could have done more napping ahead of time. Yeah, because you're good at napping. I'm. Ha- I have trouble napping unless I'm really tired. But I can sleep anytime, anywhere. So, 
what are your parting words for those out there that are like listening to the story and preparing to have a birth? Well, one thing that I didn't talk about yet was just um, I'm really glad that I watched the natural breastfeeding video that you always link to. Um, Like that was so helpful for me learning kind of what is going to be the most helpful for my newborn baby. And I really like in all the different breastfeeding resources that were given to me at the hospital, that barely came up at all. And so but it made so much of a difference. Um, So I really encourage people to watch that and learn about the just. Yeah, how to be comfortable and how to how to work with the baby's instincts instead of against them. Mm-hmm. I love the the that concept of you know baby led breastfeeding or natural breastfeeding or you know laid yeah. back breastfeeding. It has many names. It's great for newborns. It's great for any bitty one. Yeah, um, another fun resource. I don't know where I found this, but um, like Claudia and I. While I was in early labor, um, we read through this PDF called Emergency Childbirth, a manual, and it's written by Gregory White, and it's from the 50s, and it's aimed at just like anybody who happens to be in an emergency situation where there's a mom giving birth, and it's how to help the mom, and uh, it was just really cool because it describes the process, like the labor process from that onlookers perspective without all the medical knowledge that you right. don't it, know about. it's intended for like police officers or firefighters or random people nearby yeah, like rescue workers rescue workers who do not have medical training so it just like it focused on like this is how the mom's probably going to be feeling and these are the signs to be looking for and this is how you can encourage her it was just really neat and uh, we had fun going over that and imagining, oh, what if we get stuck in the car in the snow? <laughs> I mean, we did take a trip to Boston a week before your due date in a van that's prone to breaking down in the winter. Uh, you would have been ready. You would have been ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, Claudia, do you have any like words of wisdom for partners out there? Be patient. Hang in there. <laughs> um, I found the the labor support kit thing was was a lot more helpful than I had originally expected. At first I was just I was not skeptical, sold on it. I was yeah. skeptical. And after listening to it I was like, "Oh, that's nice, I guess." But it was being actually being in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, the low moaning thing and the hot tub and several other things that I'm not remembering the details of right now." It turned out to be surprisingly helpful. So, be prepared and Find some resources to help help you be prepared, I guess. All right. So I am so glad that it was super help- sound. Like, I'm, I keep waiting. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was <laughs> worthwhile. It, it was worth it. Okay. I'm glad we got it. It was worth it in the end. <laughs> and and I'm sure anybody who's listening know that I did not, like, I'm not paying for you to say this. Like, nope. That it is your proper feeling about it. But no, I am so glad that that was the case. That That's the point, right? To be helpful. Yep. Good. Definitely. Good. I'm so happy you guys had the birth you wanted. She did a fantastic job. It was really great. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show to tell your story. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. Those were Celeste Cladue and Luke Bancos sharing their fun birth story. And if you enjoyed their story, why don't you tell us about it? Connect with us on Instagram at Birthful Podcast. And in fact, we love it when you take 
a screenshot of this episode right now. And then if you're not driving, right, post it to your Instagram stories, sharing your biggest takeaway from the episode. Make sure to tag at Birthful Podcast so we can see it and amplify it. You can find the in-depth show notes and transcript of this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn about my birth and postpartum preparation classes and download your free postpartum preparation plan. Also, if you find that Birthful is becoming your go-to resource for all things pregnancy and postpartum, then the best way to support us is by taking any one of my perinatal classes, doing one of my doula workshops, or trying out some of the wonderful products made by our sponsors. That is what allows us to continue doing this work. Birthful is created and produced by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Plotty. Thank you so very much for listening to Birthful. Be sure to follow us on GoodPod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and just everywhere you listen. And then come back for more ways to inform your intuition.